and for us just to be God's kids together, you know, we don't really know that much what we're doing. <laughs> we're just uh, we're just kids learning to how to live with God. Let no man think more highly of himself than he ought to or than he is. We're just little toddlers learning to walk, <clears throat> but it's a blessing to be able to walk together, to learn together how to walk. I'm so grateful for the way this community ministers to one another. Um, you know, three compadres who are praying for me, Davey, John Edward, and Trenton, just, just pouring into me through Jesus. Um, where would I be without the body of Christ? Not alive. Um, so thank you all so much. Um, Karis had to run get something for the kids. She's uh, going to do kids time in the back tonight. So she has passed announcements on to me. want to remind you guys that the dwelling retreat is April 14th through the 16th. We're going to be going to the same location as we did last time, Camp Lions. Um, it's a unique and cool, simple place. Has, uh, it just really matches up with us, you know, just simple, uh, but a blessing. Again, that's April 14th through the 16th. Um, next Saturday, we get to pray for Adonia Noel and little baby Marpna. Um, and uh, we're just going to dedicate that time to God blessing this child. Um, so be here next Saturday for that. Um, we had our board meeting on Monday, and it was just a, a good one. Uh, I, I was telling somebody this week, I, I'm not a meeting person. I, I love one-on-ones, and I love this kind of meeting, but like meetings, like when I was a teacher, school meetings, and, you know, uh, I served on a board for a while, board meetings. Um, I'm often bored at meetings, not just board meetings, but, um, and it's probably more my problem than it is the meetings. But I always am uh, blessed at our board meetings, not just because uh, I'm the director at Dwelling and uh, I've got a role on the board, so I better be engaged. Uh, I just have, from the very beginning, have felt God's presence. So in summary, I, I want to tell you guys a couple things uh, that the board had decided Without going into all the, the details of it, we, um, as you know, we've been looking for ways to make the best use of the ministry's funds. So we found some ways to uh, reduce our, um, our expenses and uh, just to be as good as stewards as we can for this moment. So once you guys know that we're on this journey together, as you guys have been courageous and generous and pledging your giving to dwelling. We're meeting that too with like saying, okay, we want to do everything we can with the funds we're given. Um, so uh, along with other things, that was a big part of it. Um, just seeing how we can best um, minimize our funds. Um, connected to that, and as we had talked about last time, we really feel like God is leading in the direction for us to change our meeting location from here to the sanctuary downtown. 
Um, it just seems like the God direction is pointing that way. Now, you know, God could always uh, speak more clearly that he, he doesn't want us to do that. Um, we just feel like he's nudging us that way. If you, if anyone in here has any insight to offer on us, uh, on that for us, we welcome it. Um, find Karis, Uncle Tim, Davey, um, let us know what, what your thoughts are. It doesn't even have to be like something you, you think God is saying. Certainly want that. But if you just have a concern or a suggestion, uh, we welcome to hear anything that's on your hearts. Um, but it does look like we're going to look to do that unless God says something differently. Transition there and then Sunday mornings. Um, so location and time change. Pretty significant change. But I think, I think, uh, I think God is in this. Um, we'll talk more about specifics, but we're actually looking at uh, thinking about uh, a Sunday at 9 a.m. Um, it's biblical to position yourself for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at 9 a.m., by the way. <laughs> it was at 9 a.m. when uh, God rocked uh, the 120 and uh, shook the building. They saw tongues of fire, and everybody got their own t- flaming fire hat. And um, so may God do that for us. But we're thinking about 9 a.m., and then that'll give us time to, you know, have our morning meeting. And then you guys can be off to do lunch with family, loved ones, or, you know, the broken. Um, And then you could, you know, spend the rest of your Sunday relaxing. And then you could, on Saturday nights, do, um, you know, whatever is on the agenda. Anyway, that's where we are at with that presently. Did I forget anything about that? Okay. Well, I think I covered the other ones. Um, So we've had all kinds of amazing things happening. Babies being born in these last recent months and uh, a baby that's coming this month. And Adani and Noel, we're praying for them. We just found out the beautiful bards um, are pregnant with their child. And uh, after, all right, tell me, tell me the math again. How many weeks of marriage and how many weeks pregnant? <laughs> That's about as biblically as you can time it. <laughs> well, we celebrate with the amazing news that John Edward and Gloria have shared with us. And all the new life with the babies, um, you know, the Pinner child, the Smith child, the coming Marpna child, now this Bard child who will be coming in August, right? So we're very excited with all these new things. I started a new job at the high school. I'm serving there. Gloria actually is now, it's cool. So she has taken a position as well. So Gloria and I are going to be at West Chestnut High School every day. Um, so God's light is shining in the public school classroom. Uncle Tim's like, where's Waldo? You never know what uh, school he's going to show up in. Uh, we've got others of us who are uh, sneaking around the Jessamine County school system too. Emma's there every day. Um, well, I, I think there's another announcement tonight. Um, someone have an announcement?
Simón, venga. Um, so, for lunch today, we picked up Chick-fil-A. That's not the announcement, but it has to do with the announcement. Um, what's that? Yes. And so, the, the guy who took our order, his name was Canaan. And so, I was like, that's interesting. So, most of you all know what Canaan represents going into the promised land. And one of the things about my testimony, and I'm not going to stand up here really long, but just I think it, it's important to share is, it's funny, Travis had me come up last week for longing, and one of the things God's had me do, and her do, but I'm a little older than her, and so I've been, I've, I've been waiting and just trusting God's timing for a spouse, and uh, you know, it would take me too long to talk to you guys about just the travail of what I've went through, but today was a marked day of crossing over the Jordan, inheriting the promise, and so I proposed to Morgan, she got the, the ring on there. And so, we are get, getting hitched soon. So, just short engagement. At least that's what we're planning. So, that's it. Well, we'll stay here for a second. Let's just all stretch our hands out to Michael and Morgan. And um, Chris, why don't you just pray from your seat boldly. And bless this marriage. Lord God, I thank you. Lord God, we thank you for the courage to wait. Mm-hmm. We thank you for the courage to move. We thank you for how happy and strong they are. Lord God, we receive your plans for their life into their life. We thank you for brave children. We thank you for brave adventures. We thank you for creativity that's going to come out of this In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, praise God, hallelujah, for Michael and Morgan. I believe Michael and Morgan's marriage and uh, their uh, betrothal now is, uh, and by the way, they're doing this like, Hebrew Jewish style. I mean, the betrothals, I mean, it's just a done deal. They're not walking away from this thing. They're just, you know, the wedding date is going to happen, but this is done deal. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Um, so I think God is uh, speaking through them, though, for us. You know, there's a marriage of um, Jesus and us and the longings of our hearts that is taking place. A long-awaited thing. All right, kids, come up here real quick, and then Mr. Walling's going to open up his heart. All right. Well, it's good to have some of the Johnsons here tonight. Some of the Johnsons, there's so many of you. For those of you who don't know, these are Uncle Tim and Aunt Debbie's grandchildren. Zion's cousins. This is Brock, Addison, and Landon. Basically, they're cool kids. And you guys get to be with the the cool kids that we have here all the time. Cool kid Cohen right there. All right, guys. I had one 
Bible verse I wanted to share with you. And you know how I got the idea of this Bible verse? It was from one of the coolest kids I've ever known. His name is Phineas Pinner. This week, I surprisingly got a video message from Phineas. And he had a simple message for me. Why is our church called dwelling? And I sent him back an answer. I gave him 64 references from the Old and New Testament. Gave him all the, yeah, no, I didn't. I just gave him a short, simple video that I think uh, at least made some sense to him. Um, But what I want to talk about today, and I also encouraged Phineas in this, the one of the most amazing things you guys can do is ask questions. You know, sometimes at school, your teacher will say, did everybody understand that? And sometimes maybe if you didn't understand it, you look over and like, I'm not going to say I don't have any, I didn't understand. Does anyone have any questions? Well, I kind of do have a question, but I don't want to ask it. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes I do that. Okay. But God loves questions. He loves questions, and he has all the answers. We don't have all the answers, but he has all the answers. He is the answer with a big capital A. He's the answer to everything, okay? And there's this verse that this crazy, awesome warrior named Brock. No, no, you are crazy. But this crazy, awesome warrior named David, he wrote one time, he said, this is the thing I want to do most, God. I want to just... Be with you and stare at you in all the ways you're awesome. And I want to ask you questions. He put that in the Bible. He said, this is the number one thing. This is the one thing I want to do. I just want to hang out with you and look at you and ask you questions. And King David was called the man after God's heart. God said, all right, David, now show everybody your chest. Play David. Put your chest out. Yeah. Oh, man. Been doing push-ups, dude. He said, look at this man's chest. Look at his heart. This is the kind of heart I want you to have. And so David said, all right, well, I guess I'll show him my heart. Um, One thing is on my heart. I want to look at God and ask him questions. So David was an example. He wants you guys to be like, hey, I want to look at you, God, and ask you questions. Now, I know that you might not be able to see God as clearly as you can see me and feel me, or your parents, or your teachers, or your brothers and sisters, or your friends, but God is actually closer than everybody. In fact, he's the very air we breathe. And I know it might be strange to think about how do I ask God questions, but just because we don't totally understand it doesn't mean we can't do it. So you know what? You guys all are going to do the same thing tonight. I know it. You know what you're all going to do tonight? Can you guess what you're all going to do tonight? Every one of you. Yeah, you probably are going to do a project back there because mom's coming back and she's going to make every one of you do it because mom's good at making you do things. Miss Kara says, if you don't, you'll get in trouble with her. Don't mess with her. Well, you probably are going to do a project, but even if one of you couldn't do a project, there's something you're all are going to do tonight. You're all going to go 
and fall asleep at some point, okay? And you're not allowed to stay up all night, okay? I know you. I know what you try to do. Every one of you is going to fall asleep. And you know what? You all can ask God questions tonight before you fall asleep. Or you can just ask him one big one. And you know what? For the thousands and thousands of nights that you have left in your life, you can ask him a question. As you're on your pillow, Brock's like, I'm about to fall asleep. But before I do, God, I have this one question. Why did you make dinosaurs? And you fell asleep before you got the answer, but that's okay. God still heard that. He wants to hear your questions. And he wants to answer you. Okay? Sometimes he does it in your dreams. Sometimes he answers you in your dreams. In fact, sometimes he answers questions that you didn't even ask. <laughs> yes. I love your engagement song. He's like, what? Say what? See, God knows there's some questions that we have that we don't even know that they're questions that we have yet. He's like, Cohen, I know you were wondering this. You're like, but I wasn't wondering. Actually, I was wondering that, but I didn't know I was wondering that. God has put questions in your heart that he wants to answer, okay? So you guys can ask God questions. All right, let's put them in here, and we're going to be friendly to our friend Phineas. We're not going to do it loud. We're going to do a whisper, okay? We're going to do questions on three, okay? Questions on three. One, two, three. Questions. Yes. Man, you guys did good. All right. Miss Karis is going to take you back there and get you into shape. By the way, I'm so close to using, losing this other soul, if you can see that. Just let it all fall down. <laughs> all right, our brother Chris Walling is going to come now. He and his wife are treasures to this community, to the body of Christ worldwide. I feel so humbled that they would choose to hang their hats here. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's even almost the right. Tim told me to speak very close to it, so let me try that. Okay. Hi, everybody. Praise Jesus. Lord God, thank you for these people here. Thank you for this potential, and thank you for this creativity. Lord God, thank you for this willingness. Lord, you have not brought them here for no reason. In Jesus' name, amen. I have always practiced, almost always, seven years. Practiced this song sitting down. So I think I'll just stand here and talk a while in order to come to know what it feels like to stand up with a guitar. Most Christian theology is contained in the music. And when a major necessary shift occurs, 
in the theology of the church of a nation. It will at least occur in the music at the same time it occurs in the preaching. And I'm so tempted to say it occurs first in the music. I just don't know how to document that. So I'll leave it as a suggestion. And um, that's a concern with me because I don't see change happening too awful fast in the music. And I'll tell the story of how all this came to be. I have been writing lyrics really since high school, but at least since the 1990s, I have been writing lyrics and trying to give them to Christian musicians. And my general take on this is that I've got so many things I've got to get done in life while I'm still alive. I got these books I got to write. I've had some careers I had to do, places I got to go visit. Since you guys already know how to do this stuff with your fingers, let me write these words down and give it to you, and you take it and run with it, and I don't need any credit for it. And that has not worked at all, okay? And I think I'll spare you the gory details, but like for several years, my roommate was the senior worship leader of a church of over a thousand people. And I would write this stuff down and give it to him, and he would laugh at me. Okay? There is a... You take a serious chance when you bring change, especially into the church, okay? Now, the pastor who preaches a sermon can get away with a whole lot of change in what he says from the pulpit, because... Most folks don't listen, know how. Musicians do not have that safety net, okay? They make a tiny change and everybody knows, all right? So that's why you get this funny phenomenon where in the high-speed, high-adrenaline, spirit-filled churches, you've got everybody saying... Those traditionalists are stuck in the past, but we're doing a brave new thing. And the truth is, the traditionalists are not even here anymore, okay? Remember Lot's wife, don't look back. They're irrelevant. And what us, the super change agents, are doing is at least 35 years old most of the time, okay? About, you know, the, the high point of the worship of the prophetic movement is the One Thing Conference out in Kansas City, right? And about five years ago, Mike Bickle said there ain't going to be no more One Thing Conferences. It's time for something new. Now, I don't think we've actually hatched that something new egg yet. But that was an incredibly wise and brave move on his part to make a decision like that. Okay? And I've got to, I got to tell one, I got to chase this goose. About two years before he made that decision, he was out here at the, spoke on a Sunday morning at the next to last ichthus. 
Now, previous ichthuses, we had had these big thunderstorms come up, and all the intercessors would gather in one corner, and we'd pray, and we'd make the thunderstorm go away. Like, seriously, you can go back and look up the LEX weather thing, and they'll show you the sails coming and then splitting in half and going right around the farm. And it was cool to sit there on stage and be praying and just watch them split up and go around us and then join again on the other side of the farm. And that Sunday, that Saturday night, a thunderstorm came up and just totally trashed the place. I mean, everything was a mess. And they lost a bunch of money on it. And, and Sunday morning, Mike Bickle stood up there on the stage and everybody's soaking wet and didn't sleep at all last night. And he said, I pastor a church full of extremely prophetic people, but I almost never hear from the Lord myself. And what I'm here to tell you right now is, thus saith the Lord. The reason you could not stop that thunderstorm was because it was not from the devil, it was from me. And if you don't change the spirit of this whole thing, it's over with. Two years later, it was over with. So I can't help but think when Mike Bickle made the decision to stop one thing, did he begin thinking in those terms based on what he saw right here in Wilmore? Hey, we had a part in that decision. Man, where was I? I don't want to be grumpy. Um, I'm a change agent personality. Okay, people used to say, I always get the feeling you're up to something, and that's because I'm always up to something. I want to see some new stuff arise in American worship music, okay? Um, how long ago was it up in Ohio, Sue? Three years ago? I think three years ago. We were at Kohlberg's church. Bobby Connor was a speaker. If y'all don't know, he's a real famous prophet guy. He come walking down the aisle. I was sitting on the end of the row, not by accident. I was hoping something like this would happen. But um, I was fishing for it. But he come walking down the aisleway and he stops. You. God is telling me to tell you to write a song. And I had to clarify, song? And then, then he said, you don't need to write the music, just write the words. God will bless it. And that, this song was, was already in the works back then. Okay, that was another one. That was the one I don't have ready yet. But then a week or two after that, I sat down, wrote the words to something. It's been about 18 months Going around, hey, this, this goes to, to an old Johnny Cash tune. You can play this. Here, take it. I've tried that several different places. I've emailed people. Nothing. So eventually, I decided Bobby Connor's a good guy, but I've got to learn to play that one myself. What I've discovered in trying to bring about change, what I've heard all my life is if you want something done right, you've got to do it yourself. What I've discovered is you want something done at all, you got to do it yourself. 
if it's something that's never been done before. Okay? And uh, again, I, I hope I'm not revealing my grumpy side. I want to, what I really want to do is empower other folks here, okay? Because um, I got things I want to, I got all these books. I got a couple of books already self-published, which is not really the same as being published. And I got about 10 times that many in my head ready to go. It only takes about two years to put them on paper. And I told the Lord, I want to make a lot of money off of these books. I got business ideas. Sue and I, we're into all that prosperity doctrine stuff. You know, I, I ain't going to lie to you about that. I got ambitions. I told the Lord, I said, the music is free. I'm not going to accept money for it. I'm not going to copyright anything. I'm going to do all I can to give this away and try to find someone else to perform it. And whatever else they do, sound engineer, play, all that stuff. Trying to guess, hear from the Lord, figure out what is the next step. What is the new thing that is coming? Mario Murillo was at a conference, and he was. they asked him to describe the future. He said, I got started in the Jesus people movement in the 60s. In the 60s, we had all these wild kids running around, taking LSD and walking down the streets with signs that said, Make love, not war. Once they got saved, they encountered Jesus in deep, never-before-done, almost psychedelic ways, and they went forth with a love evangelism. Okay? I said, these kids we got now that are lost now, they're out in the street burning cop cars, protesting everything in sight. When they get saved... They are going to demand a serious spiritual discipline and they are going to preach a repentance evangelism and they are going to be intensely militant. Okay? So that's why I'm just looking in that direction. Um, you read the words to this song and I hope it's some pretty poetry. I hope there's all kinds of deep messianic references in there. You might also get the come to the conclusion this fellow's got some kind of an appetite for destruction. God has a whole lot of deep changes in mind for America and the American church. Destruction is part of that. Okay? It's a beginning point. And number one, every singer wants everybody to sing along with them. If you don't, I ain't going to fuss about it. Number two, um, this would be the first time anyone but Sue has ever heard this thing. And sometimes I have what you call Toyota fingers, which is not a blessing. So I'm going to run through this thing 
just the fingers once. Then I'm going to start singing it for you. Okie dokie. Because I can get away with it, because y'all know me, I'm going to stop right now and adjust this string, make it sit up higher. All right. Can't put you off any longer. Out of Egypt have I called my son. Rain falls on the separated one. All things shaken and focus on him. You will waken and know him again. Righteous river, come cleanse this land. Break monuments and wash dirty hands. Jesus, I love you, strong prince of peace. Come take this nation, claim her with your feet. Hallelujah, my savior, hallelujah, my king. Be undeniable, change everything. They have plowed me with stripes on my back, but lion's teeth now hang around my neck. River of plunder, today is your day. Open this land, carry it away. Deep righteous river, come cleanse this land. Break monuments and wash dirty hands. Jesus, I love you, strong prince of peace. Come take this nation, claim her with your feet. Hallelujah, my Savior, hallelujah, my King. Be undeniable, change everything. 
No more sickness will I now allow. Jesus' power in me here right now. Holy Spirit, come into these dead. Give them new life, new hearts and new heads. Deep righteous river, come cleanse this land. Break monuments and wash dirty hands. Jesus, I love you, strong prince of peace. Come take this nation, claim her with your feet. Hallelujah, my Savior, hallelujah, my King. Be undeniable, change everything. God separate all heaven from hell. Bring fire that burns the fakes to the ground. Compare your name to demons around. Don't tolerate the counterfeit sound. Deep righteous river, come cleanse this land. Break monuments and wash dirty hands. Jesus, I love you, strong prince of peace. Claim her with your feet Hallelujah my Savior Hallelujah my King Be undeniable Change everything Doggone it, we're done I went half a ray around the world to get married I killed a bear, had to shoot it four times to stop it This is the scariest thing I've ever done God, lift these people up. Make us all aware of what we have in us that we have not been aware of. And give us the courage to listen to all those deep desires that have always been there. But they just seem too big. In Jesus' name, amen. You see what I'm talking about? That's why I love Chris and Sue. And he wasn't just like, making a euphemism about killing a bear and shooting it four times. He really killed a bear in the hills of Tennessee and then carried it miles or something in a trash bag or trash bags and then came home and I think Sue made bear stew out of it, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> see, see. See one of the many ways this community is very unique. <laughs> um, you know, Chris has demonstrated something tonight that every one of us can relate to. And that is stepping out and taking land with courage. God spoke to Joshua and said, be strong and of good courage. He spoke through God's people, and they said to Joshua, be very strong, be very courageous. And then he connected that with what Joshua was going to step into. Um, 
Because I believe Chris Walling gained ground for himself tonight. I believe he gained ground for us. You know, Joshua was not going just to get his own real estate. Joshua was leading so he could lead others into gaining what was promised to them. Whenever God gives us grace to lead, it's never for us primarily. Yes, we're beneficiaries, but it is for the blessing of the nations. That's why Abraham's footprints went out to a place he didn't know, because God wanted to bless people he didn't know. So there are places in your lives where God is going to speak to you and say, be strong and very courageous. Step out into something that's scary. Um, uh, I, I, I told you guys last week that I had been asked to lead a pep rally. And it's interesting because um, I woke up Friday morning and um, I was supposed to lead the pep rally that morning. And I woke up and that morning as I was getting ready for school, I had this thought come to my mind that I hadn't had in regard to like public speaking or something like that in uh, over 18 years. It wasn't since 2004. Um, and I had this thought. This thought was, I can't do it. And it, it really wasn't a big deal. It was like just Emma and like a thousand of her buddies, um, not quite a thousand, but when you ca- count all the, the faculty and the students and staff, yeah, it's getting close to a thousand people. Um, and right, wait, Twelve hundred students, and there's probably what a hundred st- teachers or something. All right, all right. Well, I was I'm in the one thousand person p- plus club. Anyway, the last time I'd been, I think uh, uh, the last time I can remember that I had uh, stood before that many people um, was uh, several weeks after I'd come to the Lord. And this little 17-year-old from uh, Pennsylvania, who I thought was the prettiest thing ever and still do now, had heard my testimony and she would refused for me to take no for an answer for me to speak about it in front of the chapel. And she was on the chapel committee. And so basically she put her little, very little foot down and said, you need to tell people what God did in your life. And I didn't want to do it because I was not one to share everything with that many people and not one to share some things about my life that even my mom and dad didn't know, you know. Um, but Karis was insistent. And then I said, okay. And then she's like, you have to not just speak. You've got to tell, you've got to tell really what God did. And that means tell where you were. And she's like, and that means you better tell your parents first. So you see like, like how God was like using her from the very beginning uh, to, to get me in line with him. Um, and so I did. Uh, I, I to- talked to my parents and, um, and then I, I shared. And it was my first real experience with the anointing of God regard to speaking. But I remember getting up that morning and it's not like I had felt petrified about it before, and it, I didn't feel like, yeah, I'm going to go up there and tell them what it is. I was like uh, a little bit uncomfortable about doing it, but I'm like, okay, I'm willing. But in the morning of, I was like, I remember just 
in the shower, I was like, I can't do it. I, there's no way I can speak in front of the, like a thousand people today. No, no way. I was like, I can't do it. Now, I've said I can't do it to so many other things since then. Like, that's like been the story of my life. Jesus, I can't do it. And he's like, okay, that's now I can move. But in, in regards to like a, a big speaking thing, I, I hadn't had that. Um, and so I stood before these uh, students and did I look like I was scared, Emma? No. Well, I, I wasn't like trembling, but I didn't, it wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm ready to do this and I want to do this. It was like, well, Lord, I don't really feel like I can say no to this. Um, and even though I'm not sharing my testimony to these people, I feel like just as you pray tonight, like God's like, my testimony for you in this high school is to be you um, and to, to say yes to the public opportunities that I bring to you. So I've been in that mode of saying yes. Um, and um, so I did that, led the pep rally on Friday morning, and then Friday evening uh, there were probably more people than that in the gym uh, at West for the East-West high school basketball game. And I was MC for the halftime show. Guy had a, uh, they, we were doing a shot for $1,000, a student, and uh, ended up after a few students went, one guy hit it, which was just amazing. And I went crazy with him. Here's my point in saying this. Get ready to step out, okay? I, I don't think he has a call for all of us to lead high school pep rallies, all right? That would be kind of redundant. Uh, he has calls for you to step out in your territory where the sole of your foot uh, is to plant. And he is already ordained. The steps of the righteous are ordained by the Lord. The steps of a good person are ordained by God. So God already sees your footprint in these specific areas. He already knows where he's called you to possess the land. Chris has modeled this for us tonight. And it's interesting. Look at this from the chorus. Come take this nation. Claim her with your feet. Come take this nation. Claim her with your feet. Every nation is divided into sub-regions. Ours is divided into states. Those states are divided into counties or districts. Kentucky is divided into counties. We're here in Jessamine County, okay? Some of us live in Fayette or whatever, but it's this region, this bluegrass region. And God's saying, let's take this county with my feet. We are his feet. You know, we, we're the body of Christ. We're his hands and his feet. But let's focus on his feet. We are his feet stepping into certain areas. Get ready to step into areas. And do not despise the day of small beginnings. It may just seem like this is kind of little, and I don't feel that petrified about it. Get ready to take your steps, okay? One small step for humans is massive in the earth. Um, and since Trenton shared his dream and it's kind of connecting with what has been shared here and what was prayed over me, um, 
right when Dwelling was getting started, like officially in name, uh, this phrase came to, to me uh, through some other people in prayer. And Michael actually had a dream and John Kohlberg had an interpretation. And then it kind of combined to this like resounding truth in my heart that I felt God was wanting me to believe. Um, it's certainly biblical, but it also sounds like pretty crazy. And some of you have maybe heard me say it before, but I'm going to say it again tonight because I think it's relevant and I think it, it, this statement is beckoning you to bring it to pass. And I don't mean, obviously, you trying hard to do it, but you being an agent of change, you being a vessel for God to pull this thing off. The God of peace will soon crush Satan. Who's doing it? God, the God of peace, okay? But we are his feet. We're the good news shoes. We're the, we're the, the peace, the gospel of peace shoes that he puts on. It's us. He crushes Satan in Jessamine County. He crushes Satan under our feet, under your feet. And so in August of 2015, this is the phrase that I, I felt was so clearly a calling for Dwelling Ministries. A new beginning for mankind. And that sounds like intergalactic and uh, grandiose. But God is way more than intergalactic. He is way more than grandiose. So whenever he wants to do something on the earth uh, that could be qualified or quantified as grandiose or intergalactic, it, that's probably not even coming close to describe what he's doing. I believe we, you, me, we, not alone, but we are called to be leaders in this, a new beginning for mankind, to step into this new way of existence, simply the full life of God, what Jesus paid for with his blood. Because I am convinced that we have made steps and progress throughout human history. And certainly since uh, Jesus publicly gave his life and the, the church of Jesus was born, we've made great steps. We've also been knocked around by Satan, tossed around by every wind of doctrine and the cunning deceit of mankind. But there is a promise that says we are going to grow up into all things, into the perfect, full, complete stature of Christ. And we're going to reach the unity of the faith. And we're no longer going to be tossed around by the winds of doctrine. We are going to do that. And don't tell me respectfully don't tell me that that's for heaven why are we going to need to come to the unity of the faith in heaven God has given us the five-fold ministry Ephesians 4 if you want to fact check me he said he's given this so that we can all grow up into the full stature of Christ if we're his body we're going to be fully matching the head now, Jesus' head is not like sickly and sunken in and fractured. It's full, vibrant, and it's very beautiful. His neck is 
perfect, symmetrical, strong. Mm. And as he, the head, comes down and his neck is like, where is my body? That neck is not going to be like, oh, there it is. That anemic, flopping around, dismembered, stinky piece of flesh. I guess you'll have to do No, Jesus' glorious head and his most beautiful neck is coming down. God is a God of order. It's going to be a perfect fit. You are that glorious body. And I know our dismembered and stinky lives right now don't appear like they could ever match that. But they will. God is going to bring it to pass, but he's going to do it through his body. We are not, it's not just going to be theoretical, like, okay, legally we'll match you because, you know, that's what the legal document says with your blood that we're forgiven. Absolutely. And without that legal document, we'd be out of luck. But we are going to flesh it out. Jesus' word of you're pure and spotless, you're the full, bright body of Christ, it's going to be enfleshed. And his flesh already came to earth. Now it's going to be enfleshed through you, through us. There's a global body of Christ that's going to arise out of the ashes. But you, dear little dwelling, are called to be a forerunner a demonstration. This is God. This is real. This is what Jesus Christ's body looks like when it's been restored. We don't have the full picture. We're just the deltoid. Or we're just the elbow. Whatever God wants us to be, we will be that. But we're going to be a good-looking deltoid. We are going to be a beautiful elbow. Whatever we are, we're going to be restored and beautiful, healed, shining in righteous, righteousness, deeply cleansed by the deep righteous river. So I'm just declaring something that is beyond just a prophetic word over us, although it has been specified to us. And please test all things. Do not despise these prophecies, but test them to see whether they're from God. But I don't need a prophetic word to speak this to you. That's like just the apple pie to help this biblical truth go down easier. God's already said this stuff in the Bible. This is who you are. And he's like, anybody believe it? Uh, i got, got some scriptures here. There's... That thing's just so close to coming off. There's a people out there that are going to arise, not in their own strength. They're just going to find grace to receive God's word. Start stepping and possessing. Start just being who they are. And the crazy thing about this, you can't just like, you and I can't even just, all right, I'm going to get serious about this now for God. We'll get this thing going. All right, got my calendar plan. This is what we're not. Nah, it's just 
a submission to it. Okay, God, if that's what you want to do, no way I can pull it off, but I'm willing. Ain't no way I can strum and sing it, but I'll pick up the guitar. I'll open my mouth. Father, I thank you for these precious people. We are your kids. We're your little kids. We don't know a lot, but we do genuinely know you. Just so, such a small percentage of who you really are. But it is true. We have an anointing one from the Holy One, and that anointing is true. And that anointing, that empowerment from your spirit will teach us all things. So we're here to come underneath your anointing, your word, the spirit of truth. And we're like, uh, yes, Lord. We don't even know what we're saying yes to exactly. But we know who we're saying yes to. We're saying yes to you, God. What else is there for, for us here? These people that, that were here before you tonight. What else is there for us except God? Who else do we have? Where else can we go? It's you, God. And we confess we don't know a lot about what you're up to and what you will be up to. But we, we know enough that you are God and we want to we do what you're doing. We want to be who you made us to be. Let that be enough, Lord. And let us call the, the, the kids of this county into that. They don't need some big plan to... to like some legislation, a thousand pages they have to look through and see how, what it will be like to follow Christianity. They just need a, I am God. This is Jesus Christ, my son. I want you. I created you. Come join me. God, let that be what we have and what we give. Ah. We welcome in the apostolic gospel, the apostolic good news, and we welcome the righteousness that is revealed. A righteousness is revealed in Christ Jesus in this gospel. We are not ashamed of this good news, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. Let the deep river of righteousness be revealed to us and to this region through the good news, through the laughing face of Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> All right. 701 and we're done. Have an awesome night. Let's celebrate all the good things that God's doing. Bard babies. Michael Morgan marriage. A lot more alliterations. The jubilant joy of Joseph forever. All right. See you all. <clears throat>